Hello and welcome back to Let's All Laugh At, the football podcast that thrives at someone else's expense. I'm George and I'm joined by Dan and Johnny. How, how are you guys doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, awesome. So, with only one day to go till the new Premier League season, it's time for the classic predictions episode. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're not going to quite go through the entire table, as I've seen most people doing. Yeah. We're just going to stick to a few categories. But before we get into that, I thought we'd give a little... We've talked a lot about our teams over the summer, particularly in terms of transfers. But I thought that we'd give a little bit of a preview onto how we think we're going to do. So, we'll start with you, Dan, as the reigning Premier League champions. Do hmm. you expect to defend your title again? You know what? It's strange because now we're so close, literally on the eve of it, <laughs> my confidence has, has escalated. It's strange. Like I was always happy with okay. what we achieved, but yeah, I, I am quite confident. I feel like all the other clubs, the clubs doubting us is, is almost making me more encouraged because we had this last summer. We didn't really sign anyone last summer and it proved to be the right thing to do. And I think a lot of clubs are doubting our lack of signings. And I just trust us. I trust Klopp and I just trust everything about us. I actually still think we'll sign a couple because the window goes on for a bit longer this time. But yeah, I do. I do think I don't think it'll be comfortable like it ended up being last year. And I think Chelsea, Arsenal, United have all improved. But I am still confident. I think what people are forgetting is the likes of Takumi Minamino in particular. The youngsters are going to play a bigger role. And I actually think Naby Keita is going to surprise a lot of people. Having not been fantastic for a long time, I think he's finally starting to hit the ground running a little bit in the Premier League. So, yeah, I am quite confident. Yeah, that's interesting to hear because I've been sort of back and forth on Liverpool and the title for the most of the summer. Because like you said, they haven't made that many signings and people have been saying they're going to struggle to match the Mm. same intensity that they did last season. But at the same time... Like everyone said that the season before as well. Everyone said yeah. after the amazing yeah. points working season they had, they wouldn't be able to match it, and they did. They did even better without exactly. that many signings. So a lot, a lot of people are um, pointing towards our dip of form after the league was won, which was we, we were poor, but I think we kind of started pre-season the minute the league was won in a strange way, and I think mm. we started seeing more youngsters like Nico Williams started a couple of games. We weren't really ever at top gear again. We we probably should have been well. We probably could have beat Arsenal, um, even though we weren't fantastic. And the one game we really wanted to win was the Chelsea one, because that was the night we lifted the trophy, and we did. So, yeah, I am quite confident, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like us in that sense, because obviously we had that terrible end to the season, and everyone's expecting us to carry on from there, which is more understandable in our case, I suppose. But, yeah, it should be... I mean, Johnny, what do you think about Liverpool's chances as a a top four slash top six contender? Well, yeah, definitely top four. Actually, <laughs> um, yeah, if they don't finish in the top four, take seriously wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think Liverpool will be up there. I think it'd be um, it'd be a battle between Liverpool and Man City. I think I know Chelsea have bought a lot of players, but I, I can only see it being a two-horse battle, to be honest. Okay, yeah. So moving on to your team then, Arsenal, definitely going to be more of a top four challenge as opposed to a title challenge, most likely. How do you think? How do you think this summer's gone? And how do you think it bodes for this season? Well, I mean, Arteta's brought in that winning mentality, you know, to win the FA Cup and even to win the Community Shield as well. I know it's only the Community Shield, but he's brought in that winning mentality and wouldn't try and win every game. And do you know what? I'm, I'm really looking forward to the season. I'm not saying we're going to win the league, or, but I think I think, I think top four, is we, we can definitely sneak in there. Um, we've, we've bought well. Really happy with the Williams signing. I'm really happy with that. I think he's in a, a lot of experience for the younger lads. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think, you know, 
if we don't finish top four, I'll, I'll be a little bit disappointed, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, what are your expectations for this season? Like, what, in terms of both aims and, I mean, there's a difference between aims and expectations. So, sort of, where where do you draw the line with those, I guess? Well, I mean, of course, I'd love, I'd love to win the FA Cup again, of course, because it is our trophy, I suppose. Okay. But, you know, I'd like us to do a little bit better in the in the, in the the Europa League. Was, um, we, we, we lost to Olympiacos, and who were, were absolutely dreadful. I don't know how we lost to them. But I think... Maybe, maybe win the Europa League. Maybe I don't know. But um, again, you know, I think Arteta will want to win any trophy possible, whether it's a League Cup. You know, a trophy is a trophy. End of the day. So, top four and maybe an FA Cup again. That would be probably a good season. Yeah, I think that's probably a reasonable aim, given that now that Arteta's had that transition of about half a season and had the summer to bring in some players, although he hasn't brought in too many. It's it's all about you know it's all about progressing from here and taking the next step up, which for me would be top four. But looking at the strength of some of the teams above them, I do wonder if they can make that. Um, I think it'll be interesting for sure. Dan, what did what do you think of Arsenal's chances? Yeah, I think John was pretty realistic there, and that was quite refreshing to hear. Coming from a Liverpool fan. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but often fans get quite carried away, don't they, with with what's happened. But I think it sounds mad to say even now, because obviously I remember Arsenal dominating. But oh, well not dominating, but certainly being part of the title race. But yeah, I think if they got top four, I think that'd be a really good season. I think a safer run to top six would be a bit more doable and manageable potentially. I think top four is gonna be really difficult to break into, but but doable. Um and a cup. I think the FA Cup, like Johnny alluded to, is it's certainly their trophy of the past couple of decades. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah, OK. Well, that'll be... Arsenal have certainly got probably the most... Like, the most like the most variance in places they could finish amongst the top six, I'm saying. Like, they could easily finish top four, but they could also, you know, potentially go off the rails again. I don't think they will. So... Mm. Oh, you, definitely... you never know, mate. You never know. Well, exactly. Yeah, so it'll, we've, it'll be good to see how that, that unfolds. So, yeah, I guess that leaves my team, Crystal Palace. And to be honest, a lot of people are predicting us to finish 18th, which has been quite frustrating. Again, partly because of the end of the season, partly because of they, you know, the goals we scored last season. But I'm, I'm assuming this was before the Batshuayi signing, which we announced yeah. last night, which I think is going to be a really, is a really big signing for us. I think not only is it a, a goal score, so I, mean, I mean, we create so many chances in pre-season. I know it's only pre-season and we didn't play the best opposition, but if we can carry that on, if he can put on, um, if he can put away even like a third of the chances we create, that's going to be massive for us. And I think that as he's someone, you know, he's clearly happy to be back. He knows the club. He, he loves the manager. He loves the fans. He loves the team that he works with. I think it was the best. And I think with a, a loan, with the option to buy as well. I don't know what the option is. It's probably something around 20 million. But the fact that it's a loan this season, it allows us to spend the money elsewhere for this for this summer and worry about the striker, essentially have the striker sorted for next season if he ends up doing well. So I think that's a great sign on all accounts. And I think that I think the business we've done this season already has been very, very good. And I don't think we're done yet. So I think it will massively... I think we knew going to the end of the last season that we needed, and with such an ageing squad, with so many con- players out of contract next summer, we needed to strengthen and excuse my sniffing by the way I've got a bit of allergies in the morning <laughs> but yeah we needed to strengthen and we've done that and we've strengthened in the right areas with the right sort of players in my opinion young players who want to play for the club and want to be here and are buying into what we want to do so I think that but in terms of the immediate future I think that as much as I love Roy he does have a ceiling and I think considering this will probably be his last season as a manager I don't think we'll be expecting anything more than just a comfortable mid-table season so I've got us to finish 13th, personally. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, 13th won't be a bad, won't be a bad thing for Palace. Um, I, I think they're too strong to go down. I don't, I don't see you finishing 18th. I think there's a couple of teams, a few teams. Worked. That is. Yeah, I think I think Palace will be all right. 13th is probably a, probably a realistic place to finish. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you'd be okay. I think you've you've signed quite well. Everly and Batshuayi should add a little bit. Um, and I think maybe a mid-table, and you've got to want a cup run as well, I imagine. Yeah, of course. But I mean, we've had. We've had cup runs before, and then also as well last season. I mean, what we, we lost to Colchester on penalties in the League Cup, yeah. and then oh, I forget who we faced in the. Oh yeah, it was it was Derby at home in the FA Cup. So I'm just hoping, and in the League Cup as well, we've got Bournemouth away on the next Tuesday night or Wednesday night, and then it's the winner. And then if we win that, we go to Man City. So <laughs> I think a cup one is probably at least in the League Cup is probably out of the question. Hmm. I'm just honestly, I'm just hoping we play some of the younger players and give them experience because Roy does tend to play some of the younger players in the cups. At least against the weaker side. So Man City is probably a bit of a stretch. But yeah, it'll be... I mean, obviously, I'd love to win a cup. It's, we've never won a trophy before. It'd be my dream. But it, I don't think it should be our expectation either. Because, you know, I mean, we got to a final before and couldn't even hold on for two minutes against Man United. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, not a, not a fun final for us. But yeah, I think that the expectation for us to this season, or the aim for the season, has to be staying up again, given that it's likely going to be Roy's last season and we need to focus on... Because what we don't want to happen is have a terrible start to the season, have knee-jerk reaction, which is to sack Roy, and then we'll end up getting someone in as a survival a survival specialist, someone like a Sean Dyche, or maybe even a David Moyes, <laughs> depending on who's available. Mm-hmm. Which, even though I think they're good managers, I don't think they fit into what we want to do long-term. So I think the focus has to be for the long-term, and I think we have to make sure that we're not in a position where we where we need to throw that all away. But yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be a good season, uh, or at least it'll be a solid season. And I don't think it'll be as bad as some other people are predicting. No, definitely not. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, that's good to hear from you guys at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I said we we're going to move on to predictions. I thought we'd do something a little different from the standard from the standard table that everyone else is doing. I've got a bunch of categories here of what we think is going to go on through the season, and we all and I've got all of us to pick an answer, and we'll see what we all say. So. I'm going to start with top goal scorer. I'm going to start with you, Johnny, because I have a feeling I know who yeah. you're going to pick. But Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the usual suspects, isn't it? I mean, Aubameyang's going to be up there because he, he scores goals. Yeah, for me, I think Aubameyang, because, I mean, he, as I say, he's, he's just different class. If, if When he signs, that is, which is taking an absolute age for them to announce it. But, yeah, once, he, once he's signed, I think he'll probably score, you know, another 22, 23 goals. But, again, Salah will be up there. You know, there'll be... A, Aguero, they'll all be out there, but I think Aubameyang, just. Yeah, and for you, Dan, I assume I know who you're going with as well. I'm interested to know who you think. Um, Well, I mean, you mentioned Salah, so I'd probably have gone with him. Uh, either him or Mane, but I'm, yeah, not, no. I'm not sure now. I've actually got Mo Salah written down top. <laughs> or, or followed by Aubameyang and Mane, so you're not far off. Yeah, Salah, because he, he was quite frustrated at times last year that he, he wasn't scoring the goals. And I think that'll spur him on to, to do better. OK, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think he'll certainly want to improve, particularly with the first season he had, literally breaking the goal-scoring record. Yeah. And he, I wouldn't say he's tailed off since then, but he definitely hasn't hit that those heights. So I think that no. he's play, I mean, not only him as with his own attitude, but he's playing in a team that always wants to do better. And I think that'll help him a lot, so... Yeah, definitely. I think I think this year he'll. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think he did look very frustrated at the time, and I think he'll want to put more chances away because he gets a lot of them. Yeah, it's sort of a case of it's sort of a case of ambition versus history, I suppose, in terms of recent yeah. history with his goals. 
but we'll see how yeah it'll be good to see not gonna like this one dan i've got um i've got sergio aguero as top goal scorer i understand his problems with fitness it's probably if he if he doesn't win the goo that's probably what keeps him out is that he'll be injured for a good part of the season i actually yeah. don't know what he's like now i assume he's fit but i think that i mean again it's all about the usual suspects and part i'll be honest part of it was because i assumed you were going to pick Salah and Aubameyang, so i thought i'd go for someone different <laughs> but uh-huh. at the same time i think that i think that man city will come back a lot a lot hungrier this season. I think they'll be quite. I think Guardiola, especially, were very disappointed with his team's performance, especially in the Champions League. They, there is. I mean, some people have argued they might want to focus more on that, which I can see. But I think they've got the squad to balance both as well. Um, if they're going to throw anything, they throw one of the smaller cups, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not sure they throw anything. He loves winning the League Cup and FA Cup, doesn't he? Well, no, no, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is that I don't think that. I mean, I, I think that he'll prioritise winning everything, but at yeah. the same time. You know, I think that if he had to pick one, it's the Premier League and the Champions League that come first, especially after last season. Yeah, I think you can even you can even argue that they put less of a focus on the league because they want because they won it twice in a row, want to win the Champions League. But I think that'll be different this season. Either way, yeah. So next next one we've got is signing of the season. That's across. That doesn't even necessarily have to be who you think is going to be the best player is, but who you think is going to improve the team the most and has done the best business overall. So we'll go. For, we'll start with you, Dan. Um. Yeah. Signing of the season, I have gone with, and this is slightly controversial, <laughs> not controversial necessarily, but I think I think Timo Werner at Chelsea. Mm. It's only controversial because none of us support Chelsea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Werner, I think he'll score the goals that we expect him to score and that he scored in the Bundesliga. And I actually think Chelsea need that, like every club needs that, but... They were, they were good last year, but I don't think anyone scored over 15 Premier League goals. Tammy Abraham was probably closest, and he wasn't anywhere near that. Yeah, so, a really strong start to the season. Scored like eight goals in about six games, but sort of tailed yeah, off after that. it faded off, didn't it? And he started picking Giroud, who's never going to score that many goals. So I think Werner will end up with 20, 20 or so. Um, so I think he'll be the one, to be honest. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's not controversial in the sense that it was... Certainly the highest profile signing of the start of the window. Yeah. Uh, and possibly Chelsea's Chelsea's highest profile signing. Yeah, and that's saying something. So, yeah, but it's... I get what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's none of us support them. But, yeah, I mean, what about you, John? Are you going for William? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, William, I mean, he's different class. So he'd he definitely be up there. But I actually think it's not actually done yet. But um, if it happens, um, I'm actually, I've actually gone for... If, it, if Emmy Martinez goes to Aston Villa, that is a great bit of business. Yeah. That is, you know, I think you know, I'd be gutted to see him go, but he's been asked for 10 years and he's he's been desperate for a chance. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be gutted to see him go, as I say, but um, if, if they can get him, that is a great signing. And I think that, that, could, be, that, that, that could cement their place for next se- uh, the season after, because I think he's a great goalkeeper. It, it's not happened yet, but at the moment, I'll say William. Mm. I mean, I agree with you on Mar- Emmy Martinez. Uh, Aston Villa definitely need... Definitely need defence, in my opinion. That was their big problem last season. A lot of people are predicting them to do well because of their attackers, but they had they had good attackers last season for the most part. Um, all right, the striker wasn't that great, but I think that bringing in Martinez, as you said, he's been desperate first in football and he is a quality keeper, particularly for Villa's level. So I think that that will massively boost them properly. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I think Willian is a good. Will definitely be a good value sign. It depends if Arteta can get him playing, is the thing. And if he can get him playing back to like he was at Chelsea on a free transfer, I mean, that's definitely one of the best bits of business in the league. And like you said, the experience he'll bring for the youngsters yeah. will be good as well. 
So I'm going the side in the same direction as Jolly, and I'm being biased I'm in my pick signing of the season. Mm. I've actually gone for Batchway, and the reason I've gone for him is because, simply put, he's playing in a team that scored 31 goals last season. Like, <laughs> I think the impact he'll have, even if he only scores about, you know, 10 or 11, that's the same amount as IU did last season. And if they can both be scoring that amount, then that's going to be winning us more games. And he's the sort of player that can not only score to us, but make his own chances. Like, I remember in his first game for us against Fulham, he had a shot from outside the box, palmed off the goalkeeper, and then Schlott was there to slot it in. So he essentially made the goal for us. I and mean, he's the sort of player that can make goals out of nothing, like FA Cup against Watford as well. We're 1-0 down, Watford were by far the better side, and he just pops out of nowhere and gets a goal to make it 1-1. We still ended up, ended up losing, but it got yeah. us back in the game at least. <laughs> so I think that would be valuable to us. And I think that, yeah, again, it's all about, I think the business as well, like I said, with the loan option, I think it's all about who can improve the squad the most with the best business and I think that the thing with, with signings of the season it's always like it could be so many different players so many different players could expect to do well and then flop so many other players could be like sort of fringe signings and end up doing really well so it's really hard to say and it's all about perspective as well it's like who do you think has improved the team the most and there's a lot of nuance there but I'm going to be biased and go with my own striker because I think he'll be good <laughs> very biased to have you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So from sign of the season, we've gone to flop of the season, and that's for player. But if you want to mention a team as well, then you can. So we'll go start with you, Johnny. Who do you think's the biggest? Who do you think is not going to deliver? Well, I mean, a bit of a controversial one because none of us support him. But I, you know, Kai Havertz is either going to be an absolute superstar or he's going to be a flop. And I've got this feeling for the. I think he will do well eventually, but I think for the first six months, I think I think I think he'll flop. Really, Dale's got. He's a good. He's a good player in Germany, but I just think it's a different. It's a different world over here, and I think he might struggle for, for a little while. So for the first six months, I'll say Kai Havertz. Wow, surprised at that. Do yeah. I know? But um, I just think it's a lot of money. I mean, it, 75 million or whatever how much he cost, and I think it's um, he's a good player in Germany. There's no denying that. I watch a lot of him in the Bundesliga, but he got a lot of time on the ball and over here. I don't think he'll get that sort of time, and I think he will struggle for for, for a little while. I think he eventually he'll get his, he'll get used to it, but. For the first, you know, six months, I think he might struggle. Yeah, he probably watch him score ten goals in the first two games. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Do you think? I mean, you say for the first six months, do you think there's going to be anyone who's going to flop over the course of twelve months <laughs> or nine months or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a couple, a couple of players. I think, um, I think our new, our new player Gabriel, I think he's going to struggle for a little while. Again, you know, yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's, I haven't watched a lot of him in the French league, but um, you know, it's a different, it's a different ball game over here. In the French league, you do get a lot of time on the ball and stuff like that, and I think he will he will struggle as well, but it well because it's just a different league, isn't it? Of course, it's a different league, you know what I mean? But it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a different, world, different world, and I think a lot of these players that play in these other leagues who are superb, and you know they come over here and it's it's you know it's, it's completely different. So I think even Gabriel will struggle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dan, uh, which one have you gone for? Uh, you're gonna like this, James Rodriguez. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. So it's true to see coming, I suppose. Yeah, I am... Um, listen, I'm not the, the typical Liverpool fan who just slates everything for the sake of it. And I actually think the other two signings are quite good signings, Decore and Allen. I think they're decent. Decore in particular, I think... I liked him for Watford, even if he went down. I think he's all right. But James Rodriguez, yeah. I don't get all the hype around the signing. Big name... Like a, a quite a, an attractive signing, but but about five years ago, like I don't I, I don't understand. He's been at Bayern Munich and Real Madrid since. Fair play, but his his appearances and his goals have just been slowly on the decline for the past five years. 
Like last year, I think he played something like eleven games, and he scored like once. It's just, oh, and he and he's twenty nine, I think now, which you know, it's not old necessarily, but he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, I just don't get it really. I think he might struggle with the Premier League week in week out in the Premier League, where it's quite fast and you've probably got to track back. I just don't see it. I think, to be fair, with the Everton fans we've spoken to, anyone will do in that midfield yeah. <laughs> with how they've been going last season. But Possibly. I, but I, I just think there's been a real real surge of excitement around it, which is fine, and, you know, I get it. But I think, had this signing have been after the 2014 World Cup, I'd understand. But it's not. It's six years later now. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely living off that World Cup to a certain extent. I think, I mean, I, I agree, I do agree with you. I think it's a good shout, but I, I also wonder, is it possible that perhaps now that he's in, for lack of a better term, a worse team in Everton, that he has more of a chance to stand out? Or will oh. it be harder because he's got worse players around him? I think it's going to be harder because I think he's going to have to do work he's never done before. He's played in teams that dominate possession and he gets a fair amount of the ball, I imagine, when he does play and he can do nice things with it. But with Everton, when he's away at, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, whatever. He's got to track back all these midfielders. He's going to hate it. He's got a bad injury record. His stats are going progressively worse. I said to a mate the other day, I said, an Everton fan, I said, I think he'll score some, some worldy goals as the season goes on, but I just can't see him shining all year. Yeah, I think it's... I, I sort of agree with you in the hype sense that it's, it, it, it is almost like they are signing the... You know the the player of the tournament at the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and they're clearly not. It's been a very long time since then, six years. So it's gonna be. I get what you mean. It'll be. I I think I think he'll do a job in an Everton side, but I don't think he'll be necessarily like their their signing of the season either. I think someone like Alan or Decore yeah. is is gonna be much better. Yeah. So. Okay, well, I've on to mine. You're, you're both going to like this. I've gone for... I'm, I'm torn between two, and they're both Chelsea signings. <laughs> so, yeah. my first one is Ben Chilwell. Oh. Simply because, for the price tag that he's put in, uh, paid for him as well, I think that I think that he'll be decent going forwards. But I just think defensively, he's not going to solve too many of their problems. And a lot of people, you know, that there's there's a... You know, in, in, there's a lot of... The, the increasing consensus is a fullback has now got to be much more of an attacker than defender. And I agree it is becoming a more important part of their game. But I think ultimately a fullback is still a defender. So if you can't defend, then, you know, what, what is your job? So I don't think he'll be a terrible defender. I think he'll be OK, but I don't think he'll be quite the the answer to Chelsea's problems. And I can see him being slated on Twitter for some of his mistakes after, you know, for doing a Chelsea game as, as players so often are. And the other one I've gone for is um, actually Zayek, even though I think he's a good player, simply because... I know exactly what it's like for players and managers coming from the Dutch league to the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different beast. So I would not be surprised at all if he struggles a lot more at Chelsea than he did at Ajax, particularly with the amount of competition he's going to have in midfield. Uh, he might not end up getting as much game time as he thinks he d- as he thinks he might. So yeah, those are my picks. And I can't decide. I'd probably go for Ajax to be honest. I've had to pick one because I think that Chilwell at least has the experience of the Premier League and will be able to offer enough going forwards. Whereas Ajax is such a big risk. I think it could easily flop. Yeah, nice good point. Yeah, same as same as um, Donny Van Der Beek as well. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, he's he's obviously a very very good player, but um, yeah. Dutch league is a different it's a different beast, as you say. You know, they can have, in the Dutch league it's a it's a technical league. Don't get me wrong, but over it's much more aggressive. You know, it, is he going to have to handle the a cold night at Burnley on a Tuesday night? Probably not. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's the call. Now that Stoke's not here, I love how we yeah, inf- instantly now. refer to Burnley. Yeah. Burnley. I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair comparison. I think even Burnley fans will probably agree. But so yeah, on to the next one. We've got first sacking of the season. Who do we think the first manager, the manager we merry go around will be? So we'll start with you, Dan. Now I'm gonna go for Steve Bruce. Now, okay. The only reason being, I actually think if he's allowed to do his job as normal under Mike Ashley. He'll do okay. However, if this takeover thing becomes a bit messy again, like it looks like it might do, mm-hmm. and if that were to happen, then he goes straight away. So, yeah, Steve Bruce is mine. And outside of that, I've actually got Frank Lampard written down. Okay. Wow. Yeah, well, Steve Bruce, I'm going to stick with. Yeah, I mean, I get both. Well, I mean, Frank Lampard, obviously, the expectations of Chelsea have been sky high for years, especially yeah. with the spending they'll have. They're going to want a strong start. So, yeah, I can definitely see him being shoved out the door if it doesn't go too well to start with. But, and as for Bruce, yeah, I think it's a similar thing with Newcastle because they've spent so well this window and they've brought in a lot of good players. Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lewis, even Hendrick on a three years is a very decent transfer. Unfortunately, I have Andrew here to talk about that. But, um, yeah. yeah, it'll be. I think that there'll be things that there'll be fresh on him to deliver straight away, and particularly if the football is bad and they're towards the bottom end of the table. I can see fans getting angry. Whether or not Ashley will sack him is another thing. But, again, I think with the takeover, like you're right, I think if the, they, the takeover is does happen, which I don't think it will, but if it were to happen, I think that they would want to go for a more higher-profile manager, and I think they could make this, which a bit like what Man City did with Mark Hughes, where he, he I think he, he won his they sacked him straight after he won. Um, and then yeah. they brought in Mancini like the next day. So and then the rest is history. <laughs> so I think I think you're right. I think something similar could happen there. So, yeah, Johnny. For me, it's David Moyes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, um, I, 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 I feel like sorry for David Moyes, to be honest with you, because um, I think the board were disgraced at West Ham. And then I think they'll, they'll sack him to cover their own backs. They'll go, it's his fault. It's actually, no, you've, you've sold <laughs> Tian Gartner. And it's like. I think West Ham are going to struggle this season. I really do. And I think it, David Moyes will do his best, but I think the board will end up sacking him and they'll end up getting someone, a foreign Russian manager that has never been in the Premier League before and they'll go down. But yeah, David Moyes for me. Yeah, I mean, it's what more do you need to say at West Ham about this point? West Ham at this point, we talked about them last last week. And I think that if there's one fair person I feel sorry for in this whole mess, it's David Moyes, because you can tell through his comments, he has the right idea. You know, he was talking talking about like a Leipzig model and bringing in younger players, bringing in a hungrier team. And particularly with the sale of the, one of the only young players he actually did have in Dean Garner. I mean, you talk about stabbing him in the back. And I think that, all right, I don't think he's, I, I don't think he's the best manager in the world. I mean, you finished bottom with Sunderland, although it was a mess to begin with. West Ham is in almost just as much of a mess, albeit with a better squad. So, I think there definitely is the potential for things to go wrong there. And I can see the board getting angry and pulling the trigger, even though, realistically, is there anyone who could come in that could do a better, who would want to come in that could do a better job right now? That's true. And especially, I mean, with the comments of certain players at West Ham, like Mark Noble on Twitter saying he was angry and disappointed and stuff, it's going yeah. you know, to be a difficult job for David Moyes to try and bring his team together. And for um, no fault no of his own as well, it's, uh, it's all down to the board. And um, it's going to be a really long season for West Ham, I think. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, uh, it's, this is this works out very nicely because I had a feeling some of ours might clash. Uh, we won't have the same options, but we don't because my first sacking of the season is actually Slavin Bilic at West Brom, purely because even though I like Bilic and I think he's a good character and I would like to see him do well at West Brom, I think that number one, their squad is still a bit weak for the Premier League, even with the signings of Dean Garner. And I, I like that they've kept and Robinson as well. I like that they've kept a lot of their 
promotion winning team together and they got promoted that's i mean we've seen with teams like fulham they're bringing a whole new squad and it completely goes downhill like you need that team spirit in the team in my opinion but i think this problem is just is the defense is and his defending isn't good enough and i can see them shipping a lot of goals and being bottom or second from bottom come november and getting getting worried and pulling the trigger because west brom have only been outside the premier league for a couple of years they're going to want to stabilize themselves as best they can they don't want to become another yo-yo club like they were back in the 2000s so yeah, I think that I think that he'll probably be the first to go. It's not a bad uh, shout, really. And West Brom are dross anyway, no, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I've it, I've Everyone's favourite away day. Yeah, I've, I've said it before on this podcast. I just, West Brom, they, they do really well in the championship. They come up and they win about four games, normally one against Arsenal at the All-Forms normally. And they go down again and they come up again. It's just, oh, just fed up with them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I genuinely like West Brom away. Number one, because it's actually decently close to me. And two, because there's a great curry house near the ground. Uh, but <laughs> I understand that everyone's the same. I mean, I was there in 2014 when we were... We we threw we drew two two after being two 0 up. Dawson elbowing Spironi in the face. I'm still seeing red about that. No pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even get yellow for it. Bloody hell. Mark Clattenburg again. God, I, I'm gonna, don't get me started on him. But <laughs> so anyway, moving on to uh, moving on to player of the season. Possibly even more nuanced than signing of the season. But what do you think, Johnny? Oh, it's such a difficult one. This is. I mean, it's gonna be the same. I think it's gonna be the, the, the usual suspects, isn't it? Um, yep. Oh, that's difficult. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sadio Mane, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I'm a massive fan of him. I, I think he's, I think the words world class do get bounded about an awful lot in football and to players that aren't world class. But um, Mane is for me. Um, I think he's just, he's just different class. Yeah, for me, I think he'll be player of the year. Okay, Dan, I assume you're gonna have a similar answer. Yeah. Um. Obviously, yeah. No, I appreciate that. I've actually got Trent written down. Um, okay. And I know he's still young, which probably classifies him for the young player of the season, which seems you can't win both. Um, well, well, Gareth Bale did in 2013. He won player yeah. of the year. Oh, that was that was PFA, I think it was, but still. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, so I've got Trent in now. He won the young one last season, so I doubt he'd, well, he could win it again. But I actually think he'll win the main one. I just think he's unbelievable, uh, to be honest. He's yeah. one of technically just incredible, and his influence on games is just getting more and more every year. He's going to score more goals probably he did last season. His assists, his assist record's a joke for a right back. Yeah, I just, I just think, I think Trent. No, I, I agree. I think that, you know, he's technically, certainly going forward, he's the best right back in the league. I think that defensively, he could still do a bit more work. Uh, but I think in a team like Liverpool, uh, that has such a, such a solid centre-backs as well, and with the keeper, mm. I don't think, and with how little goals they can see, I don't, I don't even think it's that big a flaw. So I agree with you. I could certainly see him winning Young Player of the Year again if Liverpool have another great season. I think he's definitely, he could, I think it will probably go, I think, Johnny's more on the money in that it will go to one of the more offensive players because it normally does. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I think I think they're both in with a shout and I think they're they're good shouts. So moving away from Liverpool, unfortunately for you, Dan, I've gone for Kevin De Bruyne simply because I think he's just the best player in the Premier League, even if he's not always in the best team. And I think that even if Man City don't win the league, I think I can see him doing enough and standing out enough to win the award. Yeah, no, good bad shout. I mean, another shout probably if he, if he carries on the way he's going. United, that uh, Bruno Fernandez. I mean, he's he's uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, he's only there for a little while, and he, you know, without him in the team, United wouldn't de- would definitely not have finished anywhere near where they finished because he was he was their best player. So if he carries on, he's got he's got he's a good shout. Yeah, for sure. 
so we'll go, next up is manager of the season, which is essentially asking who's going to win the league. Because pretty much every season, manager of the season is whoever wins the league. So I'll start with you, Dan, because I think I know who you might go for. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You're right that it's usually the man that wins the league. And I almost don't like that because I think... No, I agree, yeah. I think that's too obvious. Like We know he's won the league. We know how good he's been. And they get the trophy for that, in a way, for winning the league. I actually think he should go to someone else. Like I like Chris Wilder last year. But mm. this year, I'm going to go for Nuno Espirito Santo at Wolves. Mm. And I'm really backing Wolves, you know, to be there or thereabouts. Not, not for the title, but for top four. I really like the business they're doing. And I know Matt Doherty leaving was a shame. But they just... I don't know, there's something about them, something about the way they play. It's not an easy place to go, Molyneux. It's difficult. Yeah, I fancy Wolves to be really good again this season and perhaps even better than they have been. So, yeah, Santo for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I totally agree with you about the manager of the season. I mean, I say that ironically. The one time I can remember the league winner not winning manager of the season was Tony Pulis with us in our first season. Because, I mean, what I mean, what was it? We were we were absolute certainties to go down. We'd lost, like, the first eight of our first nine games or something ridiculous like that. And we finished 11th with a team with, with Adrian Mariapa and Dean Moxie and Dari Gabadon on the side. So, I mean, you can argue he's been our best manager since promotion for that season. But yeah, I I know I, I totally agree with you. It was more of a case of that's typically what does happen yeah. is um, who gets the manager of the season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't think I think Nuno would have to get probably mount a title challenge for him to get manager of the season. Unfortunately, which is how the system works nowadays. But I certainly agree with you about Wolves. I think they're in for. I think they've got a lot of potential this season, and even with some of the players that they've sold, I think the players they brought in helped counter that. Yeah. Exciting Portuguese players, haven't they? Really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, have you seen recently they um. Portugal's now been added to the list of quarantined countries for England, so I think Wolves that could halt their transfer plans a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, what about you, Johnny? Oh, that's a very difficult one. One, I'm thinking about this a lot, and I've, I've got two. Uh, one is Marcel Bielsa, Leeds. I think Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm a massive fan of him, and I think I think he's going to ruffle some feathers in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be interesting. But for me, I'm, again, I'm being a little bit biased. And I'm upgrading myself, but I'm going to go for Mikel Arteta. I've got to, I just think Josh. what he's doing at the club at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, 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 he might probably be wrong. We're not getting getting sacked up in November. Yeah, I just think if, if it's all if buts and maybes. But if if we have a good season, finishing the top four and win a cup, I think he, I, I think I, I, I think him. Been a bit biased, of course, but yeah, I think um, what he's doing at the moment, he's doing a great job, and he, he, he can only get better, can't he? That's yeah, that is an interesting one. I think probably the furthest shout as well, <laughs> given that the expectations on him as well will be higher. Well, I don't know. Wolves' expectations are definitely getting higher as well, so it's probably about similar. But I think that I think I think they would have to mount a title challenge or something for him to be even be you know considered alongside whoever the title winner is. I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of potential for him there, and I think that this is going to be a big season for him because it will determine what direction he's actually taking the club and whether he's the right man for the future. And so for my manager of the season, I've gone very boring. I've gone for Pep Guardiola. Because I think that, I simply put, even though I don't think he's the, it will do the best job in the league comparatively with what he's got to work with. I mean, how much money he spent for one thing. I just think that Man City are going to win the league this season. I'll spoil it right now. I think they will take the title back. I don't think it'll be a massive uh, runaway season uh, like it was in their first title win. I think it'll be closer between them and Liverpool. But I think they'll win it. I think he'll end up getting manager of the season as a result. 
which will be slightly boring, but there you go. This is about, I'm trying to be real. I'm, this is the sort of predictions where, even though inevitably we're going to look back and laugh on some of these, <laughs> that's the point of the podcast. I'm going to try, I want to try and be as, as, as realistic as possible, if, if slightly boring. Yep. Okay. Then, well, the only thing left is the table predictions. And I've narrowed this down to uh, what acts well, since it's the only thing that really people tend to talk about anyways, the top four, the top six and the bottom three. So I want you guys to name those. So we'll start with the top four uh, slash top six. And we'll start with you, Johnny. Who do you think is going to make, who do you think is going to finish in the Champions League and just outside? Right. So first place, I'm going to, I'm going to go City. Second, Liverpool. Third, Chelsea. Fourth, Arsenal. Fifth, United. Sixth, Spurs. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's more hope than anything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we talked about Arsenal a little bit. Do you think top four is a realistic expectation or? I I, I genuinely think so. Yeah. Um, You know, just, it, it's all if buts maybe again. If, if, with a Bamiang up front, there's you know there's no reason why we can't. You know we've we've bought well. Yeah, but definitely I think winning the FA Cup and you know it's that with that winning mentality and I think we can really kick on this season. I think we've, I mean any higher than fourth, I, don't, I think that's out of our out of our reach to be honest because how good Chelsea have bought and City and Liverpool are in the world of their own. But I think fourth is definitely it's anyone's game. There's no one you know. I'm sure a United fan will say they finished fourth or a Spurs fan, but you know that fourth place is up for anyone, really. Okay, yeah, definitely. And what about you, Dan? Yeah, so you won't be surprised to hear I've got Liverpool win the league. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quickly talk. Only what I spoke about before. I think we're being not by you two in particular, but I think we're being criminally underestimated. Uh, I just yeah, think, I'd agree with that. Yeah, our consistency we've shown over the past two years will will continue, and I don't think people expect that. I think people see the money everyone else is spending and see us not doing it, and that's all they're going off right now. But when we start playing football, I think people will realise. But yeah, I've got Liverpool in the league, City second, and I do think it'll be tighter. Uh, I've got Chelsea in third, the money they've spent, they can't really not. Uh, unfortunately for Johnny, I've got United in fourth. Mm-hmm. But I do have Arsenal fifth, and I think that'll be quite a close run thing. And Wolves sick for me. Okay. Oh, Spurs are in top six. Oh, but you know what? I'll That's... take that. You know what? I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 just think, I don't like Mourinho much. Never have. Don't like Pep Guardiola for the similar reasons, to be honest. Checkbook situations. Yeah, not a fan. And I think Spurs, I think he could go at some point if they're not no, doing very well. Bit of a strange marriage, that one, for me. Although he's very good in that old uh, all or nothing. It's quite amusing that if you get the chance to watch it. It's quite funny. Yeah, it's not to watch list, that, I must admit. Yeah, it's quite amusing. And then I realise I'm watching Tottenham, and I'm like, oh, I can't enjoy this. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my now, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to do my top four, and then we'll oh, move on. Sorry, four. yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, yeah, I mean, I've already spoiled who I think is going to win the league, uh, Man City, and I think Liverpool will be second behind them. But I agree with you, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Liverpool do win it, and I think it'll be a close race. Um, I'm hoping it's closer than, than last year at the very least. Then <laughs> I've got Chelsea in third because I think that with the money that they've spent, I mean, I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised them to overtake either Liverpool or Man City into second with how strong their squad is. Even though Lampard, there's still questions about Lampard, but yeah. equally he could pull it off as well. So who knows? But I think third is a pretty safe bet for them. And the top four, that's all the, the next the, the next three. I've been, I'll be honest, I've got something written down here, but I've been deliberating over this as the podcast <laughs> has gone on. So I'm just sort of going to just rattle it off. So I've got I've got Man United in fourth, 
because I just think that even though I don't really rate Ollie as a manager, I think that I think their squad is just too strong overall. Not to necessarily for title challenging, but I think for top four, particularly the likes of Fernandez, I think Van der Meek probably will deliver. And I think all right, the defence with Harry Maguire is a bit dodgy, uh, but they have got some good players in there as well. Um, one that I won't name, but I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and and then in fifth place, I've got I've got Tottenham in fifth. I think I had them to finish top four. I'm, I'm sort of debating whether or not they will, because I, I do think Jose Mourinho has a point to prove there at Spurs. And I think that the signings he's brought in haven't been massive, but I think they've been good ones. And I think they've been signings that he's wanted to bring in. And I think with some of the younger players they've got there as well, he will want to start bringing some of those through. But I also think that I, I think that they don't haven't invested quite enough. I think the teams above them are just a little strong. And then... You're not going to like this, Johnny, but I've got Wolves to finish sixth, and I think Ooh. Arsenal will finish seventh. Well, Simply, it is. It was tough, and I think I, I definitely think they could prove me wrong, and I think that there's a lot of potential at Arsenal, but I just think that Wolves. I mean, to be honest, at the start a couple of weeks ago, I had Wolves to I had Wolves to get like ninth because I thought that with the sale of Doherty and the players that they hadn't brought in, mm. I thought that they were going to be. I thought they were going to struggle, but particularly since the last couple of days, they've absolutely exploded into life. And I also think that no Europa League this season is going to massively benefit them. Even though they didn't struggle that much with it last season, they juggled it quite well. I think that less games is always helpful, especially with the smaller squad that they have. And I think that I think it's a tougher job at Arsenal than most people give it credit for. Even though they have made good signings, I think that they could probably do with a few more top quality additions in certain positions, even though they probably haven't got the finances for it after last summer, or at least less so. So it'll be how they bring the kids in. And I don't think enough of them will do as good a job as he would like but again it's so open and I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams were obviously I wouldn't be surprised if someone like a, someone like an Everton or Southampton were to gate crash the top six this season it is that open like I mean sixth place like I doubt I think top four is probably probably beyond them but I'm, I'm certainly excited for that race and I'm hoping that this top four can this top six continues to expand out and allows more teams in there like we saw last season because I think it'll make things a lot more interesting in that regard yeah yeah, definitely. With Spurs, I think this is a massive season for Spurs. I really do. I think um, yeah. if, if they don't, you know, they, they, they got to win something. Let's be honest. They've got to go. They've got to win something because I think if they don't this season, they don't win anything. You know, I think a lot of their 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 decent players. I won't say good players because I'm you know I can't say they're, 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 they're decent. All right, they're not that great. The players like Harry Kane, who is who is class. I think yeah. he'll, 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 he'll want to go and win things. And I think if they don't this season, you'll be off. That's just personal opinion. I agree. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, if I'm honest. And maybe Mourinho factors the reason he stayed this year, but mm. had he have been edging to a move this summer, it wouldn't have surprised me in the slightest. Because off the top of my head, I don't know, but he must be 27, 28 now. You know, he's he's getting towards like the time whereby you want to be winning trophies if you're as good as he is, and it's just not happening. And I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, I think I, I think like Kane's how old's Kane? Is it is only twenty is he twenty four, twenty five? No, Kane? he's older than that now. Really? Must be. Not how old he is actually, to be fair. But yeah, he's he's gonna want to win trophies. Same as De- your Delhi Alleys and players like that. They're gonna they're gonna want to win stuff. And I think yeah, yeah. I think you're up for Mourinho, him being there, I think that's the reason why Kane hasn't been edging for a move. But big season for Spurs because um, you know, they haven't won a trophy since two thousand and eight. <laughs> 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 so I had to get that in. Had to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is called let's all laugh at <laughs> so yeah that just leaves the bottom three Poss- probably even more nuance here i think there's a bunch of teams that could go down this season so dan who have you got yeah i've got i've got west brom in 18th full okay. 19th and aston villa to finish bottom okay 
yeah. Um, the Aston Villa one is a little bit of a surprise, but I don't know. I just don't think they've got enough quality still. I think certainly in the defence, I think they're lacking massively. I think Ollie Watkins will score goals and that'll improve, but don't fancy them to keep him out at all still, to be honest. Maybe if they bring Martinez in, the keeper like we spoke about from Arsenal, that might help matters because he went for about five different goalkeepers last year. But as it stands, yeah, I think Villa will struggle. I think Fulham will play some nice football under Scott Parker, but ultimately I think they'll struggle as well and go down. West Brom always tend to do okay and grind out some results, but they haven't got enough quality for me to stay up. Uh, And I do think, because if you look at the league table just above them, you know, I've got Burnley being down there this year. And then, you know, you've got your West Ham's and what have you. There's, there's some good teams who are going to be down the bottom. But I think them three will be the worst of the lot. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree that it's going to be tight. And with the Burnley as well in particular, they seem to be a bit weird in that they have one really good season. Well, they, I mean, the second season they, they finished seventh and got yeah. Europa League. The season yeah. after that, they were battling relegation. So it's sort of a bit of a seesaw for them. So mm. I can definitely see them being around, particularly with the lack of signings this summer. I think the, the um, Tarkovsky deal is going to be big, isn't it, if that goes through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly for both for Burnley and West Ham. I think yeah. they need West Ham need all the defence they can get. So, yeah, what about you, Johnny? Um, I've gone for Burnley, Burnley. I've gone for Burnley in 18th. I've gone for West Ham in 19th, and West Brom in 20th. I think they're. I'm, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just think. Oh, I think West Brom will go down because they're not good enough. Despite them getting Dean Garner, I just think they, they they'll get found out. They they might grind out some decent results, but ultimately I think they'll go down. West Ham win an absolute mess. <laughs> um, I just think they're they're, they're really going to struggle. And Burnley. As you say, they have one good season, get into Europe, and the next season they're fighting relegation. And I think if they lose Tarkovsky to West Ham, even though I don't think Tarkovsky will improve West Ham that much to help, to help him, to be honest. Yeah, I think that them three, I think they're gonna definitely um, going to struggle, I think. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me about Burnley is just, I just rate Sean Dyche too highly. I mean, how, he's been able to keep them up that long and get them so mm. high up the league. And essentially the same squad every single year, bar a couple of additions. So... I think that I just think you'd be mad to put your money on Burnley going down with him in charge personally. But I suppose someone's got to stick their neck on the line. So fair enough. Um, and so in terms of my my bottom three, again, I've been a little back and forth on this one. But I've got West Brom to finish bottom for pretty much all the same reasons I uh, outlined when I talked about Billich. I've got Aston Villa 19th because I think that even though they've made some good signings, I think Ollie Watkins will do well for them. I think defensively they're still very weak. Um, if they sign Martinez, it could be different. <clears throat> because I think he will be the sort of keeper that basically that basically gets them points for them a bit, a lot like Guaita with us last season. And then I've got West Ham to finish 18th, because again, like you said, the position they're in, and I could see Moyes going before the end of the season. I think if he goes, then and even if he doesn't go, the thing is like people see Moyes as like this, you know, in this safe pair of hands. I mean, again, he finished bottom with a Sun- with a Sunderland side that was in just not that much more of a shambles. So he is very capable of taking a bad team down. So it's, I think it's going to be a long season for West Ham. And I think that, I mean, in terms of Fulham, I, 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 I mean, I, I am sticking my neck on the line a bit with that one. Cause I can definitely see them going down, but I also think that they have bought a lot smarter this season. They haven't bought, spent that much, but they've brought in players. I mean, they've signed the likes of Knockout who they had last season and they've strengthened, you know, the likes of their fullbacks, Tete and, and Robinson from Wigan, both on very good deals. I don't know. I just think they've, I think they've learned a lot from their last thing. And the thing is as well, Scott Parker, when he took over at Fulham in the Premier League, I think he had like two wins and one draw out of five games for a team that have won like seven in a row, lost like seven in a row. 
So he, I think he can. I think they were lucky to win the playoffs. To be fair, but it'll be an interesting. I think they can. I think they can stay up, and I think that they're probably in a better position than than some of the other teams around them. But yeah, that's we'll see how that goes for sure. Okay, so there's only one thing left to do, and that's the uh, let's all laugh at. For those new here, this is where we each pick a moment, the funniest moment that we found in the week, and and nominate it for the award. So I'm gonna start with you, Dan, because I've got a funny feeling. I say this, I've said this every all the uh, for the whole episode, <laughs> but I've got I particularly in particular, I think I know what you might be choosing. <laughs> I'm very intrigued, but I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Everton fans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very personal one this week. I thought I'd make it personal as we go into the season. And it links nicely into the James Rodriguez conversation earlier. Just the... Obviously, I see a lot more of it being, obviously, where I am in the world. Um, and my timeline's particularly focused on Liverpool and Everton matters. I have seen some outrageous things said. And heard, actually, on TalkSport about James Rodriguez this week. And it's honestly like... It's like it's 2014 slash 15, and they've just yeah. signed him. It's madness, and it's just, it made me laugh all week. And I, I could be wrong, and he could be fantastic, but they're getting really excited about him, and I just think it's very misplaced. So, yeah, for me, this week, Everton fans. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely wrong on that one again. Uh, what uh, do you think? I was thinking, and I'm sorry if you nominated this, Johnny, I was thinking about the whole Foden and Greenwood scenario. Um, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, especially because it's two from two rival teams yeah. as well. I thought it was a shoe in. I uh, have three rivals to pick from this week. It was difficult. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Everton fans over there. Good shout though. Yeah, one headache. Both are both a headache and a and a lot of fun for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so yeah, Johnny, what have you gone for? Asking agree with Dan. There was a tweet I saw earlier this week. Dan, you might have seen it on Twitter. Uh, at Tony underscore Scott eleven. You see the yeah, tweet? Yeah, uh, Have you seen it, George? What he said. Uh, I don't think so. I think if you tell me, I might know. But this is what he tweeted: James Rodriguez has 46 million Instagram followers. Put that into context. He has 19 million more than Liverpool, 10 million more than Manchester United, <laughs> 44 million more than Everton. Max, massive potential for Everton to maximise this com- this deal commercially. But the, it was the comment underneath that yeah. made me, it made me. It was like good signing, but Justin Bieber has 112.4 million, but I wouldn't want him up front with Mane. And after that. <laughs> 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 oh i love that no i didn't see that uh, oh, but... it made me chuckle and i saw that and i thought that is fantastic so that, that's, that's my that's my it's not really a let's all laugh at it's just a, it made me well you can laugh at, you can laugh at the, the original reply for sure yeah, that's the sort of thing i've seen all week yeah <laughs> so you you both technically got the same nomination we're going hammers crazy here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that very much encompasses the modern day football fans. Oh, I've got more social media followers than you. It's like, yeah, I mean, Palace have nearly got one million followers on Twitter and we're not going to be winning the league anytime soon. So, yeah, I mean, Mohamed Elneny, he's got more followers than Tottenham has. So, you know, <laughs> Wilfred Zaha has more followers than Brighton and Herve Albion, which that one probably is more accurate in fairness. But um, <laughs> he has more followers than us two in fairness. So make of that what you will. Yeah, with the Everton thing, I mean... I mean, yeah, there's always fans like that, and there's all sorts of fan bases like that in the Premier League. Leeds and Villa are two of the most insufferable, in my opinion, um, just because of how... I mean, they seem to think that winning trophies in, like, the 80s suddenly qualifies you as, like, a top-six contender. Like, that's not how it works. Leeds especially, you've been outside the Premier League for the best part of 20 years. So, like, if you think you're going to walk the walk the top six, like, I've got news for you. I think Leeds will, I think Leeds will do well to stay up this season, personally, and I think that they'll have a strong start. I think they'll tail off towards the end of the season. And I think if they're if they're in sort of top half, ninth, tenth place, 
by by Christmas. They've got a really good chance of staying up, in my opinion. But if they're hovering around the relegation zone, I think they could be in banging trouble. Yeah, you're right, though. I think with Leeds, I mean, I think it's one of them things. If, when and if fans are allowed back in into football stadiums, I think, because their fans are so loud, and I think they will help them get results at home. But without the fans there, it, you are right. It, could, um, it could, could, could be a completely different season for Leeds. Um, I don't think they'll go down. I think they'll mid-table I think I think there are teams worse than them in the league but yeah they could struggle with, with, with the lack of fans if they don't come back soon yeah I agree with the fan point entirely to be honest because Leeds I've been up to Leeds a couple of times um, really good really good day really good fan base but I still don't see them under Bielsa I still don't see them struggling I think they'll surprise more teams than you think and I mean I'm including top teams in that possibly including us tomorrow yeah I think they'll be fine I think they'll be fine yeah, me too. It's just a case of not quite pushing on as much as they, they might think so. But anyways, on to my nomination. I'm not going to lie, after the pod I've had, I'm tempted to nominate yours truly for making so many assumptions and getting them all wrong. <laughs> but yeah, well, my nomination, I've simply gone for the absolute saga this, this uh, week that has been Chelsea's third kit. Um, as I'm not sure if you've seen, it's essentially it's essentially a palace kit. It's red yeah, and blue stripes. Yeah. It's a slightly different shade of red, to be fair. But as all the jokes have been going around, and Palace especially, the social media team have been um when they announced. I mean, the Chelsea initially released the kit with the hashtag "It's a Chelsea thing," um, which it and the Palace team replied when we signed Batchway uh, responded saying "It's a Palace thing," which I suppose is somewhat expected, but I still thought was quite funny. I just think that, I think that, I mean, to be fair, I'm not really one in the position to talk about kits, considering we literally have the only kit in the league this season that was designed by a six-year-old. You think I'm joking, but I mean, Steve Parrish literally got the ideas from a person on Instagram, seeing the designs and wanting them across, synergy across the kit, he told it. Turns out it was designed by his kids. So yeah, you can add that to the list <laughs> of, of accolades that we have. Um, and the thing is, well, there's so many great Palace kit designers on social media there's so many he could have picked and he went with those it's just so typical to be fair i don't look at think it looks as bad in person i think the lighting for the shoot make it look, makes it look really awful but on the actual pitch i think the, the shades are, are better but still i think it's definitely the worst kit we've had since promotion personally that man united kit their zebra kit jesus yeah bloody hell <laughs> that is horrific. i mean I'm, we could just I'm, go. We could just go with football kits in general this week. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see the memes of um, when Harry Maguire is being chased down by Mane or something like that. That's what I'm looking forward to. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a dreadful kit. I mean. Yeah. Oh, it's just dreadful. No, it is bad. But I agree with the the Chelsea one. That's a Palace kit. That. That's just yeah. a Palace kit. It's really poor. Yeah. Laziness, isn't it? It's pure laziness. It's like oh, you know, we can't bother to create a kit. We'll just we'll nick Palace's kit and just change it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, seeing as you've both nominated Everton fans in some capacity, I think that's what we have to go with this week, don't we? By process of elimination. <laughs> yeah. So. And you watch her. Hamas Rodriguez against Spurs on 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 Sunday. You know, it's going at trick, which will be uh well I won't. Yeah. Well, I'm like I said, we're we're going to look back on this in in a in a year's time, and we're going to look at predictions, and we're and we're almost certainly going to look like mugs. But that's the whole fun of it. So. <laughs> He'll win the Ballon d'Or, he'll win the Golden Boot, he'll win everything this year, you wait. He'll win the World Cup Golden Boot as well. He'll win everything, he'll win everything this year. Yeah. Okay, well that's just about all we've got time for, so thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure to drop us a like and a follow, whatever platform you're on. Uh, You can find us on YouTube and Spotify at Let's All Laugh At A Football Podcast, as well as Twitter at LALA underscore podcast. 
Uh, be sure to check out Dan's work on Last Word on Sports and Extra Time Talk and Read Liverpool. Uh, be sure to check out Life's a Pitch. Uh, check out our social media. Links to all these in the description, as always. Thanks to Dan and Johnny for joining me. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care.